welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Um, This episode is going to be just me telling the story of my bodybuilding show afterwards and my trip to Minnesota. So this is more anecdotal. Some of you really like my nutrition and diet stuff, and some of you just like hearing about my life. So I'm trying to do a little haves and havesies. So this episode is for those of you who just love to follow my life. Well, I'm very flattered. Um, So just a little real talk about my trip, how I've been doing, reverse dieting, just the pendulum. After I've done my other shows, I've talked on the podcast very honestly about my body image and getting back to normal eating and how hard it is. This time, um, not quite as hard. I think I was a little more mentally prepared, but still, it's not, it's never just linear. I don't know if it's linear for anyone, but it most definitely nothing is ever linear for me. So, I'm just going to talk. Story time with Kristen. Uh, uh, uh. Um, what was that? <laughs> um, so just a little recap. I went to Minnesota for um, the NPC Twin Cities Open bodybuilding show competition. So I competed in the 35 plus masters bikini division, our class. And I also de- competed in the wellness division for the first time in the 35 plus masters class and the true novice class. So three times on the stage, wellness being the first time I've ever done that plus bikini. So the reason I split it is because I have larger lower half. My butt isn't very big, but my legs are big. And it's kind of like, instead of trying to continue to shrivel my legs up for bikini, why don't I see how I do in wellness? And so I did well in wellness, but um, partly because the classes were small, not because I'm that great. I think in now that I'm a couple weeks out, I realized that. So I was feeling really jazzed because I took second place in one category and third place in the other. I don't remember which, but basically I beat two people in one class and I beat one person in the other class. So I just wasn't the, I wasn't last place and I was super stoked on that. But, um, but I recently got the feedback from the judges. So you can send an email to the head judges after the show and ask them for feedback and they will give you feedback. You send them your stage shots and they're you know kind enough to tell you what, what worked, what you need to work on. Well, I know that I have a lot to work on because I'm not, I'm not competitive as far as I'm not, you know, I'm not going to finish top or top three. Why? Well, lots of reasons. One probably being that I don't work hard enough. Uh, I don't lift heavy enough. Um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think I take it seriously enough to be a winner. I also don't care about winning. Um, and so I think my goal being, I just want to look like I belong is a very low bar for these types of things. It's why I've questioned doing shows again, because it's kind of like, what's the point? If you're not going to be better each time, why are you doing it? So my goal has just been to be better than the last time I did it, which I definitely accomplished, but Um, I was feeling really good about how I looked. I loved, loved my pink suit. I loved, I loved the photos. I felt like my upper body looked really strong. I feel like my legs looked really strong. I leaned out, but I wasn't too skinny. I definitely grew my glutes. You know, should I have won? No, absolutely not. I was not the best up there at all. Not even close, but I beat me and I had a great time. 
But then I got the judges feedback and it was, you know, when you do a show, you are asking to be judged. You know, I walk around telling people and believing and preaching that, you know, it's you versus you and love your body and celebrate what your body can do. And that's what I live by. And in order to do a sport where you are saying, here's my body, judge me against a criteria and against the other people standing next to me, you have to have a thick skin and you have to understand what you're doing and that it has nothing to do with your character, your value, your worth. So, um, so that's not an issue. Like, but this prep, I didn't enjoy as much because were I not competing for a stage, um, I was really in love with how I was feeling. I loved my body for the first time in a long, I mean, I don't ever loved my body the way I love my body now. I finally really just embraced what it can do. Um, and stop being so hard on myself. And every day I would lift, look in the mirror and be like, man, I just love this. Then I'd think about what I need to look like for stage and I would get demoralized and be like, oh, I'm never gonna be there. I'm never gonna get there. So, I mean, that's just a double-edged sword. And if you're gonna do a bodybuilding show, you have to just be aware that you're being judged. That's the whole point. And you're judged against not only their criteria for what 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 that category is being judged on, but you're lined up next to a bunch of women in bikinis and they're judging your butt, butt to butt, shoulder to shoulder. It's the thing that we you tell people like, don't compare yourself to others. Well, you pay to have them do it. So, but there's a purpose to it. You know, you're trying to build your body into a certain shape and those judges are there to rate you on how close you got. So everybody goes in with their eyes open, but Getting the judges' feedback was tough because I was really proud of how I looked. I felt good that I showed up. I wanted to quit so many times leading up to the show, and it was a tough prep without a coach. And then in the end, I feel like I pulled it out, and I looked good, and I was so proud of myself. Um, So then to get the judges' feedback was like a wet blanket because it said what was true, that I wasn't lean enough that my legs needed to be leaner and more conditioned, that my butt is too small, um, that my core is not defined enough. Um, And then they gave me feedback saying, you can't be in two divisions, basically. You're not serving yourself. You got to pick one and run with it. And and then one of them said, my suit color was not good for me um, and that I wasn't tan enough. So I'm like, I loved my suit and I've heard from a billion people, blondes should never wear pink in a bikini contest because it doesn't pop. So the first show I did, I did this beautiful bluish green color. I loved it. But every single blonde was wearing the exact same suit as me. And it's like, I just don't know. I wanted, I love pink. So this show, in order to make it fun for me, I'm like, I'm going to do what I want because I'm doing it for me. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. However, I loved my suit and I was really freaking tan. Holy buckets. So it's those things where I say, all right, if I wanted to win, I'd have to take that into consideration. If I was going to do another show again, I would pick a different color suit, probably go back to the one I used for my first show and then work on all of those things, which regardless, I'm definitely going to work on all of those things. But it was, um, it was interesting how logically I can know This is just feedback from the judges based on the high standard. And I put myself in that position and they were 100% correct. It still tanks me because I felt less than the standard. And I don't like feeling less than anything, even when I know the game, right? So it was tough. And it made me look in the mirror and just see myself differently. Like, oh man, you aren't lean. You do look fat. And you know, of course, I go from 
not lean enough to win to just I'm fat you know my my brain the body dysmorphia that still exists that I fight against you know gets real loud and part of it is it's my lizard brain basically saying doesn't matter what you do you're too fat you may as well go binge let's go eat um and so it's just a mental war doesn't matter how far away I get from 400 pounds or 200 pounds or my physique a year ago I am still um, fighting the same old messages. They get a little weaker, um, but they're still there. They still pop up and try. And the only thing I can do is remember that if I feed that voice, it gets stronger. And if I ignore that voice, it gets weaker. So to you know, keep keep steady. It's been um, it's been work. It hasn't been disastrous or horrible or demoralizing or defeating. After my first show, I had the the worst bounce back. Um, after my first show, I got down into the 130s. I, can't, I can never remember if I was 137 or 139. I don't know. But I was really, really, really thin. I was basically skin stretched over some muscle and some bone. Um, and I didn't have a lot of muscle. I lost a lot, lost a lot of muscle. And that bounce back was really, really tough because I had been starving for so long. And I went so crazy on just eating everything in sight that my body packed fat back on super fast. And then the second show, I didn't get as lean. I was uh, like 155-ish. I can't remember ever again. I say it all the time. I probably say it wrong. 155-ish. And I didn't have such a big bounce back where I ate everything in sight, but I did end up eating so much. And your body becomes so sensitive that it's so easy to regain fat. And so I did not have a smart reverse. I didn't go into the depths of despair with food again like I did the first time, but it definitely wasn't healthy. So this time, my goal was to not go nuts but to understand that I was probably gonna have a pendulum swing because I didn't wanna add self-loathing to the burden um, to say, yes, I've been depriving myself for a long time. The last 10 days, my diet got super duper restrictive and weird and you know, just very, very you know, rigorous. It was high protein, low carb, and then high carb, low protein, and tons of salt, no salt. It was, you know, it's crazy. So there is a natural pendulum swing that's going to happen. And I didn't want to just, you know, beat on myself. Um, and so did the show, had my, my food after I was excited. I had chips with cheese, had oats with peanut butter. Amanda and I agreed, you know what? The urge is gone. I will never forget. We're in the kitchen. We're still in our makeup and our, and our, I think we were still in our makeup, but you know, eating chips and, and cheese and just, you know, leftover quiche and pastries. And Amanda looks at me and she goes, you know what? I feel like the urge is done. The obsession is done. I'm good. I've got it out of my system. I'm like, yeah, me too. And then here we are two weeks later. It was not out of our system. Again, we did better than last time, but we've, we've definitely fallen down the rabbit hole of food a few times. So, but initially felt pretty good. And luckily I had a photo shoot booked. Um, the show is Saturday. I had booked a photo shoot for Monday with uh, my friend Simona. So I knew that I didn't want to go nuts and ruin my, my physique, you know, for this, for the photo shoot. It's going to be the best I will have probably ever looked in my life. Still tan, still wanted to have definition. So that kept things in check for Sunday. So Sunday, 
Um, the day after the show, I got to go and do a boot camp indoors at my friend Dina's gym in Woodbury. She runs this cool place called Urban Iron and she rents it out to other trainers and for events as well as having classes. So I held an indoor Miami Beach boot camp class there, which was really fun. And then a bunch of my friends and clients and former clients came. We had a little meet and greet, got to tell them a little bit about Miami Beach boot camp and the power of saying yes. And we had donuts, then I definitely had um, a donut. I tried a whole bunch of them. Duck donuts is one of my favorites. They, they're made to order donuts. So think of a mini donut machine, like at the fair, but theirs is full size. So every donut comes out hot. They immediately um, do the glaze and the toppings according to what you want. So it's the chipotle of donuts. So I'd like a peanut butter glazed donut with chocolate um, drizzle, or I want a maple drizzle donut with hot bacon or uh, my favorite is the raspberry glazed with a little bit of lemon drizzle anyway they're all made to order and they're hot and amazing so had some donuts and also had some fruits and veggies didn't go nuts because again I have this photo shoot coming up so that was really really good but it was so fun to see people um and just I mean I love Minnesota and I love my friends and family and these a lot of these client, quote unquote clients are actually friends who have become clients and then clients who've become friends. So it was so fun to see um, just these hearts that I love. Um, it was great. And I also got to have a reunion with my college friends. That was so fun. I graduated from a small college in St. Paul and in a small accounting department, but we've all stayed friends. So we had a little reunion at one of the girls' house, Alicia, who's a new listener to the podcast. Welcome, Alicia. And our friend Liz, also a new listener. I, you know, clearly marketed myself at this reception <laughs> or this reunion. And then Amber, who's been a listener, um, who gives me great feedback on the podcast. I love your feedback, you guys. Truly, I crave it. I see all of the listeners and I, I don't hear much. So I'm like, hi, please tell me you listen and tell me what you like and then tell me what you want to hear. Just take a minute, please, and tell me. I love it. So it was so fun to catch up with everyone. You know, everyone else is working in accounting. Their careers, we, we graduated in like between the 2005 and 2006, I think maybe 2004, 2005, but that's a long time ago. And so that's a long time to build a career. It's crazy to think that almost 20 years of work is behind us. Like, how is that even possible? Um, but they're, you know, they're all really smart. The accounting program at my school was amazing. So everyone got amazing jobs and has amazing careers and they're really awesome. So it was really fun to hear all about their, um, their lives and, you know, some of them have kids and then there's me. Yeah, I quit everything that we trained and I work on the beach running boot camp. <laughs> I run around the beach. Uh, anyway, but they respect that, which is kind of them. Um, and I wouldn't go back. It was fun to hear about accounting. I, I miss accounting in some ways. I miss that part. There's a big part of me that is accountant, um, but there's a big part of me that isn't. And so I do get to do some consulting work now for my former um, job that I left in Minnesota, which is fun. It keeps me in the spreadsheets, keeps me in the data and um, kind of keeps some of those skills relevant. So I love that I get to do that still. But anyway, great to see all of them. And then I was so happy, went to my sister's house um, and got to see my family. So my parents, my sister, my brother, um, my sister's boyfriend and his kids, we had, it was so wonderful. My sister grilled, my mom had made and brought calico beans, which in our family, there's this big joke about calico beans. Um, it's not a party unless there's calico beans. 
So calico beans, it's a crock pot and it's lots of different shapes of beans, ground beef. And then the sauce is like chili kind of. And, um, it's funny because we still tell this story. Um, when I graduated college, actually, my mom said I was married at the time. My son was little. My ex-husband wasn't going to do anything because he didn't care. Um, my mom said, you know, this is a big accomplishment. You've graduated college. I want to have a party for you. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. She's like, you know, pick the day. So I picked the day. I sent invitations and I circled back with her. I said, okay, what do you need me to do? We, you know, we're going to have this at my house. And she's like, well, I'm making the calico beans. I said, okay, and what else are we doing? She's like, well, whatever you're going to do. I'm like, wait a minute. You said you were going to throw me a party. I, so I'm throwing the party and you're just bringing beans. Um, she would tell this different, I think, because I don't know that we remember it different, but I do. And I was like, well, so, so I ended up throwing the party and making all the other food, but she brought the beans. So it became this funny joke between my siblings and I. I'm sorry, at our mom's expense, but it, it was funny. Like, no one's bitter. It's just funny to be like, well, the calico beans are here. That's all we need. It's a party. So all that to say, went to my sister's. Well, you didn't need to grill all of these beautiful brats and burgers and make all this stuff because the calico beans are here. So we got everything we need. <laughs> so anyway, calico beans. I actually don't like calico beans at all. That's the other funny thing. I would rather never eat them before again, before I die. They're not good. In my opinion, I don't understand why people like them. I don't want to eat a whole bowl of beans nasty. Like, you know what happens to beans in your body? No, thank you. Anyway, but other than that, everyone else loves them. There was potato salad, which, you know, potato salad is from Jesus. I love potato salad. Midwesterners, we love our potato salad. And it's my grandma Mabel's recipe and it's so good. It's just very basic, but it's, it's home. So potato salad and deviled eggs. And then we make, we make these, my mom makes these cucumber slices in like vinegar with mayo. So it's like creamy tart and they're so good. I think a lot of you know what I'm talking about. Again, very Midwestern, um, but there were those and then there was brats and burgers. It was this just feast. And again, I had to be careful because of the photo shoot, but also because my belly had been so bland, I didn't want to get sick. And so I didn't eat a lot, but what I did eat put me right to sleep. <laughs> uh, just so much of an overload in the system. So my stomach was not happy, but it was delicious. And it was so good to see my family. Um, my sister just so hospitable. My sister throws the best little gatherings. She's just a genius at that. And I'm still just basking in the fact that my family and I are so close and there's so much love. The the love just flows and I just, I love them so much. And there was just so much time where there was so much tension. And I repeat myself on the podcast about this, but I repeat myself about it in my life and in my head. I'm just so overjoyed. I feel like I have my family. I feel like it's the way God intended it to be from go. Um, you know, we're not perfect. We have lots of issues still, but there just isn't resentment and anger and underlying stuff, at least that I'm aware of. I'm assuming there's not. I'm behaving as if there isn't and I don't have any. I just love my sister. I love my brother. I love my parents. And I love seeing my sister happy and I love being in her home and ah, it's so good. I'm telling you, if you have a rift in your family, don't quit until you figure it out. It took so many tries of trying and zooming in and then distance and getting heard and trying again, but never quitting on trying to mend and trying to understand. And I, I don't know. I'm just, 
the payoff is priceless. I, I trust that there will never be a rift like that in my family again. If I have anything to do with it, it, there won't be. And, um, from now on, it's like they all get the benefit of the doubt a billion percent. And I'm going to imagine and assume 100% that they always, always have pure intent and they always operate from love and the best intentions. And I'm going to give them all the benefit of the doubt 100% of the time. That's how I'm operating because that's what I want. I want love. And so it was wonderful to be there. Um, so no rest for the weary. Um, Monday, I did a boot camp with my OG workout club up in Ramsey. One more time, 5.30 a.m. So had to leave my sister's house at like 4.45. Go up there. Caribou coffee, my favorite, wasn't even open at 5 a.m. It's like, what is even going on? So I couldn't have caribou coffee. I was super salty, but... So great to see my friends there. And also Gianna, my friend, um, who's come to that boot camp, she is starting up boot camps there now and in her town in the same spirit of, of what Destination Sweat was. So, so excited to see her pick that up and do it. She's amazing. So offering those outdoor workouts, just like I did when I was there. And it's just, it makes me so happy to have inspired that. I feel just honored and she's amazing. It's going to be so fun for them. So that was awesome. And then um, went up, went home and got ready to go do this photo shoot with my friend Simona. I didn't want to. I was so tired and I'm, I just wasn't in the mood for it. But it's a great opportunity. Simona's a super talented photographer and she offered to do this for me and I need headshots and I needed stuff for marketing purposes and things. So um, went to her studio in St. Paul and it was so fun to just, I was, you know, I was in the best shape of my life on that day, basically. Uh, I'd filled out a little bit from the carbs. And so I had my favorite pink dress. I had my favorite workout outfit. I had my Miami Beach boot camp stuff to take some marketing photos. And then she just played like I had, she had inspiration for some different shots. So lots of fun ideas. I had my medals. So we did some fun shots with my medals I didn't put on my show bikini. I just didn't want to put it on again. I don't know if I'll ever put it on again. It's a weird thing where I don't want to. But um, workout gear and we, she just, I mean, I felt like a Barbie doll and the pictures turned out amazing. It was so much fun. I'm like, can, how do I just make this my job? I want to be a model. If any of you know of a way I can be a model, let me know. I That was more fun than anything I've, I've done in a long time. And toward the end of it, I feel like I got kind of good at it. <laughs> like... You know, the first few, it was like, smile, cheese, and then look down, turn your head. And then by the end, it was just, I was just being me and standing there and looking, doing the things and kind of working with it. And then I looked at them and I looked good. Guys, like I could do it. I could really do it. It was really fun. I'm like, it never is lost on me. I used to be 400 pounds and now I'm kind of a model. So funny. Anyway, I digress, but it was so fun. The things that happen in life like that, I think anyone would enjoy it, but I really feel like I enjoy it a billion times more than people who've never been fat. Because when you've been 400 pounds and you hate your body and you, you can't even walk with your legs straight because they're so big and, and you don't want anyone to look at you, and then you have no problem being com basically almost naked in front of a camera with absolutely no thought about your body. What even is that? That is like freedom that I never imagined was possible for me as a human being. It, it, it was so much fun. I got some pictures back from her. There's still, she took over a thousand. 
so she's editing them i've gotten a few they turned out great and are going to be great so simona b photography follow her on instagram she is amazing and if you live in the minneapolis st paul area you must book with her she's ridiculously talented and Simona's the sweetest person in the entire world. She actually was officiated the wedding, my second wedding, um, because when we got engaged, it was like, who do we want to marry us? Well, the most loving person we know, Simona. So she got ordained and she did our wedding. And she's also so loving. She's still good friends with both Greg and me because she is love. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Everyone who knows Simona loves Simona. And I love her so much. So that was really fun it was a highlight i didn't think i was going to enjoy it at all but i had so much fun so so legit if you know how i can be a model for a job i want to do that so send me how to do that i don't know also got to see my parents we went up to my parents house and um my parents spent a lot of time gardening they eat all organic vegetables and so they grow potatoes tomatoes radishes squash my daddy has a huge raspberry patch that he's gonna have more raspberries than he knows what to do with there's so many um and he's super proud of it so my daddy had back surgery between the last time i was in minnesota and this visit and so he's pretty much recovered but not completely but um, it was a beautiful evening. They live kind of in the middle of, you know, well, they live right outside of town in a northern ring suburb. So it's like idyllic, breezy in the trees. The weather was like like upper 60s. Uh, my mom made pot roast for dinner, pot roast and potatoes and carrots and homemade zucchini bread. And uh, it was so good. My photo shoot was done, so I ate. I ate a lot of pot roast. And then I put butter on everything. So that was kind of my first indulgence. The flavors were so good. My mom is such a good cook. And it was like Midwest Minnesota food. Uh, you know, it was just, it, I was, it was so good. And with my parents, my, my, they showed us all the gardens. And uh, my mom has these beautiful hydrangeas that are giant. Uh, flowers as big as your head. And my daddy had a raspberry bush that was over seven feet tall was so cool so it was just wonderful to sit and visit pulled out the photo albums reminisced uh my daddy was trying to tell jokes because he's always been really funny he has lots of jokes when i was growing up he'd sit and tell jokes for hours to people in cult church and funny stories and so um i was like daddy tell roy some of your jokes so it was really fun to hear some of those old jokes but he forgot the punchline on a lot of them so that was really it was funny but also not funny because he'd never really heard the second part of the joke. Like, so a turtle walks into a bar and said, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was really funny. Um, it was just so good to see them. The, the problem happened, um, in the morning. So Tuesday morning, um, I got very sick in the tummy so it was something to do with all of the flavors, all of the spices, all the foods that I hadn't been eating that all of a sudden I ate, but my guts just got really upset and I won't go into detail obviously, but you can imagine GI distress is horrible and, um, and, and it's something you can kind of deal with. It wasn't horrible at first um, and normally it wouldn't give me a lot of stress because you know, those things just work, work themselves out, let your body do what it's supposed to do, but... 
we had a special day planned. So Roy has a friend who lives in Pepin, Wisconsin that we had planned to see um, on the trip. And so Tuesday was the one day of the trip that was nothing to do with me. Uh, I felt bad because Roy came with me and is like, this is an entire trip all about me doing all of the things on my schedule. Uh, this is just the way it is. And he was a great sport an amazing help. And it was super fun to have him. It was awesome. But this was the day where it was us seeing his friend and doing all of these things. And I was excited because I didn't have anything to do with it. I just didn't plan it. And it sounded amazing. Um, his friend, uh, David and his, and his husband, Greg, they built this house on the top of like a big hill overlooking the Mississippi River Valley um, in Pepin, Wisconsin, the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. Beautiful, gorgeous architecture. These people designed and built the whole thing with, well, they cut contractors. But, and so he said, we're going to go see this amazing house. And then they said they're going to take us on their boat to go to lunch. And I'm like, awesome. That sounds like such a great day. I'm excited. A little road trip. It was a beautiful, um, sunny day. But my stomach was a mess. And I was thinking, um, boat tummy issues. This is going to be interesting. So I was a little miserable going out there, but it was still a nice drive, beautiful day. The, the, the landscape along the Mississippi River between Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Wisconsin is stunning. So it was a beautiful drive. So I was excited about this day. On a scale of, you know, one to 10, I was pretty excited, like an eight, eight to nine, right? That's how excited I was. This was just a, an amazing experience. But there was one piece of information that hadn't been told to me um, that made it as 7,000 out of 10. So we arrived. It was beautiful. We get a tour of this house. The house is like, it's, I can't even describe it. It should be an architecture digest. It's got floor to ceiling windows on three sides. So you get this beautiful view out every window of the beautiful vistas. There's, it's just gorgeous. David is the, like the art director for Pottery Barn. So this guy has uh, an eye and a talent for architecture and design like I've never met. So we get a tour of this beautiful house. And then he said, all right, well, we're, we thought we would take you on the boat and we go to lunch. But first we have to feed the puppies. And I'm like, excuse me, there are puppies here? Oh yeah, yeah. Our golden doodle had a litter of puppies. Follow us. So I go down the stairs into the basement and there's a little pen and it's full of puppies the most adorable, sweetest, cuddly, little furry golden doodle puppies I've ever seen. And we got to just pick them all up and take them outside and play with puppies. Puppies rolling over each other, puppies tying, running over each other, untying your shoes, feeding them. They're still nursing off their mama. Their mama's hanging out. There's another dog. They have a Bernie doodle who's hanging out playing with the puppies. We got to play with puppies. And I'm like, I don't understand how my life is so good right now. It was so amazing. They were so cute. So uh, this day is already blowing my mind. So we play with the puppies. Finally, we have to put the puppies away. Very sad. So we're going to drive to the marina. So we get into a Ford Bronco. So I don't know if you guys know, but Ford started making Broncos again. And they're like kind of like a Jeep Wrangler on crack. Better. It was the coolest giant tire, no roof on it. A rugged thing. I, I love Jeep Wranglers. This was better than a Jeep Wrangler. I, I got to sit in the front seat and I got to ride in this Ford Bronco thing. You need to get one. If I had a reason to have one, I would probably sell a left arm and both of my kidneys to get one. It was so cool. So, all right, cool house, puppies, Bronco ride. 
into Pepin, Wisconsin. What do we pass? Oh, look, there's a Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum here. Do you know who my hero of cold church and homeschool is? Laura Ingalls. <laughs> we weren't allowed to read any like secular literature. We were allowed to and encouraged to read the Laura Ingalls Wilder series, Little House on the Prairie. It's an amazing literary masterpiece. And I loved them. And I read those books 25, 50 times maybe. Plus, saw the TV show. Of course, most people are familiar with that. But she's like, I know everything about her. And there's a museum there. So, you know, oh, on our way home later, we get to go to the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum. Okay, what is there going to be a fountain of gold donuts that have no calories around the next corner? Because that's the only thing that can make this day better. Anyway. Luckily, there was lots of bathroom situations, but I was starting to get stressed because we're going to go on a boat to lunch. I'm like, hey, how long is the boat ride? <laughs> it's 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, we're good. So we get on this beautiful, amazing, like, I don't know if it was antique, but it's like an old school wood boat. Beautiful. And just sit down in the sunshine, kick our feet up and have the most beautiful, sunny boat ride down the Mississippi River. We get off the boat at a dock, right at a restaurant, sit outside, have the most amazing, beautiful lunch with these two amazing human beings. They were just so lovely, so kind, so fun. Got to hear all kinds of stories about working at Pottery Barn and stories about Roy. It was so fun. The food was amazing. I was being very careful about my belly, so I, I got a salad, which was not a good idea. And then Roy got a burger that was called a 60-40 burger. So it was 60% beef, 40% pork belly. And then and it was covered with Jesus sauce. Anyway, I had a couple bites of that. He also had some stomach issues. So we were like, I think it might have been not mom's cooking, but the fact that neither one of us had had foods like that messed us both up. He recovered by the end of the day. I did not. Anyway, took the boat back, took a little nap on the boat in the sun on the way back. It was so lovely. Then we got off the boat, went back and oh, it's puppy playtime again. I was so happy. The puppies were so cute. Then um, got to go on an ATV. What else do I love? Almost as much as Ford Broncos. I love me a good ATV. So we got to go on the ATV and get a tour of all of the land that they own, which is being restored. They're restoring the prairie grasses and wildflowers, restoring the creek bed. So beautiful. You know, there's just butterflies and little moss. It's perfect temperature. This day was phenomenal at the best time so it was finally time to leave so we went in indeed went to the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum it was so fun I bought a souvenir I'm not a souvenir girl but in Little House on the Prairie there was one Christmas where the girls Laura and Mary and Carrie they didn't expect anything for Christmas but um you know they went to bed on Christmas Eve and they woke up on Christmas morning and Mr. Edwards had come in the middle of winter and he had brought them presents and they all three of them got a tin cup to drink out of with a stick of peppermint candy and a penny and it was like the greatest thing ever and do you know what they had at the museum you could buy for your souvenir i got it right here i got me a tin cup with a peppermint stick and a penny taped in it it's a great souvenir because it was three fifty, and I intended to drink my coffee out of it, but it got a little smushed in the suitcase. So I don't know if it's actually like beverage proof. I'm gonna try it. So that was fun, and then also there was a little pie shop in the town of Stockholm. I love peach pie. Peach pie was on my list of things. 
they had peach pies. So we bought one, did not eat it, but bought it to brought it to um, home so we could all share it later. But anyway, went to the pie store and then went to the little candy store and I got all kinds of little candies and I stupidly ate candy on the car ride back. Candy, AKA chocolate and sugar, not good on a angry GI system. So I got very sick, more sicker. But that night we had planned a double date with my sister and her boyfriend, Matt. Um, it was on my list. I'd made a list of foods that I wanted to eat so that I didn't binge on stupid stuff I didn't like care about, but I also knew exactly what I wanted to. I talked about that in a previous podcast too. I had a plan uh, and I wanted to execute it and I wanted to have these foods that I hadn't had in a long time. And Bar La Grassa is my favorite restaurant in Minnesota. It's rustic Italian. They make their own pastas. They have this amazing gnocchi homemade gnocchi that's got this orange cauliflower sauce and they have soft egg and lobster bruschetta so it's scrambled eggs with um cream cheese and lobster soft cooked on top of bruschetta it's insane and so i knew i wanted some of that and i wanted some gnocchi Uh, but i was so sick and i got sicker the closer we got to the restaurant But I couldn't cancel because we'd had this planned. My sister and Matt were excited to go. We were going to go have a cocktail um, across the street at Marvel Bar, which is this cool, like, eclectic place that has really cool, like, um, like, you know, they're not, like, normal drinks. They're bartender, like, the cool, I don't know, mixologists. Yeah. So, but I'm like, well, I'm not having alcohol because I feel like garbage. So I thought, well, I'm just going to rally and see how far we get. So... I went there. I told, I wasn't going to tell them that I was sick. I was going to just pretend. I couldn't pretend. Finally, I told my sister, I'm like, I'm really sorry if I'm low energy. I'm just, I'm so sick. My guts are so sick, which she laughed because she should. It's funny. Um, but they're like, we can just skip it. I'm like, no, we're here. And then I said the words that I will regret. It can't get any worse. It's not true. It could, and it did. So I didn't have anything there. Then we went to our dinner reservation, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to eat whatever because I'm already this sick. I can't imagine feeling worse or anything being worse in my belly. So ordered the soft egg and lobster bruschetta. I had like, I don't know, maybe four bites, and I got sicker. So excused myself, came back. All right, it's okay. It'll be fine next we ordered so it's kind of family style so we ordered three pastas we ordered the gnocchi we ordered this cheese stuffed shell thing and um uh bolognese amazing the thing is everything there is really rich full of lots of fat and flavor it's really one of the best restaurants i've ever eaten at and i haven't eaten pasta in i don't know months certainly not that much fat in one sitting well i haven't eaten that much fat in a day in a long time But again, the great logical thought, can't get much worse. It got so worse. I was so sick by the time we were done. I I just kind of like wilted. Uh, It was delicious, uh, but I didn't eat very much at all. And it was just, oh my God, my stomach hurt so bad. So, but we had fun. I managed to distract myself with good conversation and my sister and Matt and Roy, we just had the best time. It was so fun to see my sister happy and uh, her boyfriend's amazing. We actually grew up with him for a little while in Cold Church. His family left when we were really little. So there are a few pictures of us as little kids at like birthday party. I actually found one of my parents. It's a picture of Matt next to me at my fifth birthday party. And now he's dating my sister, which is super fun. So we had a great time. Again, just I was so gleeful to get to spend time with my sister and have so much fun. But um, I was up till three in the morning sick and it finally got a little better. So that that was really 
That was really gra- crappy. <laughs> Um, so that helped, right? So I wanted to eat everything in sight, but actually being sick saved me from, you know, wanting to binge and binging and all of that stuff. So, um, Wednesday we drove to Iowa, saw my relatives down there, my auntie and uncle, which was so nice. She made ham and cheesy potatoes, which is like my favorite thing that she makes, you know, cheesy potatoes. It's hash browns with cream of chicken soup and sour cream or cream cheese and cheese. It's just a fat bomb, fat and carb bomb. So because I'd been sick, um, I only had a couple bites, but, um, it was, it, I was still not quite okay, but much better. So great to see them. The drive down, we got so lucky with such beautiful weather. And on the way back, we stopped at the world's largest candy store. Um, Roy had never been there and I hadn't been there in a really long time. And so they have candy from all over the world. And they also have pies and sodas in bottles from all over the world and crazy things like dill pickle soda and bacon soda. And um, It's just fun to look at everything. You don't have to, you don't even know what to buy. There's so much. Did manage to spend $70 though. Not all the stuff was for me, but I got a few little things to try, little bites. I had said, you know, I can taste things. I just can't eat things. So I didn't get any big anything. They had some little single items and I I indulged in a little bit of treats. But here's the thing. It's like once you break the seal with me, that's why I have to be so careful with those things in my life. Because once I have a little in my system, I'm a binger. And so it was really tough not to just continue to binge. Again, being sick was a blessing because it kept me from doing that. But my brain was already on fire and it was a, it was a constant struggle to just keep myself from saying, it can't get any worse and just binge eating. So I'm really proud of myself that I didn't do that. Um, I wasn't lifting. Uh, we didn't end up going to a gym at all the whole trip, but I did run um, three of the four days in Minnesota in the morning to just get my body moving just for the sake of running. I didn't put a goal on it. I didn't put a speed on it. I didn't put a time limit on it. I just thought I want to go move my body. I want to feel my heart rate come up. And it felt so good to go for a run. Um, I ran from my sister's house and there was a little school nearby and I have the code of Chrissy. If one sees a swing set, one must swing on said swing set. And there was a swing set. So I stopped on my run and just got on the swings and just had the best time uh, reviewing the trip and being happy and some tears of joy. And it was so wonderful. So that was really the only activity I did, but it, it was tough because my brain just started thinking. And then of course, as my physique started to change, it was really fast. You go so lean and you're so dehydrated and you can see every shred and it feels so good. And you know it's temporary, you know it's gonna go away, but you wanna hang on to it. But once it starts going away, it's like, may as well just eat. So it was just a constant war and I just kept reminding myself, you don't have to binge, you don't have to eat at all. You're gonna live the rest of your life, all of these foods are still gonna be here and um, manage to keep things kind of under wraps. But it was a war. And if I hadn't pre-planned the things that were really important to me, I would have gone a little crazier. We went to Benny Hanna for dinner with the family. That's our usual um, yearly tradition, and I haven't been there to do it. So I had said, I want to go to Benny Hanna when I get back. So we went, and I was so traumatized from the dinner the night before. I had soup. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. It can get worse. I'm not eating fatty 
fat-filled fried rice and fat-covered food. It's so good, uh, but I, I do not want to reverse back into being sick. So I had soup, and then I had a couple of bites here or there of other food. The thing that stunk was that I didn't get my protein in, so I started to feel yucky, but anyway... It was a good reminder. The whole gathering was not about the food. It was about the people. And it was so fun to see my family and sit with my parents. Uh, We have a lot of old jokes about Benihana because we used to go every April and my aunt and uncle would come up from Iowa to go. And my aunt Donna is very easily entertained. And when you eat at Benihana, you sit there around the grill and they cook in front of you and they make a show. They make a little choo-choo train out of the onions. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. And all of it was so fascinating to her. And it was so funny to watch her sit there with these big wide eyes, like a little child being entertained. We love my Aunt Donna because she has such a beautiful childlike heart. It's so fun. And she's... She hasn't gotten out of Iowa a ton. And so these things that we take for granted as being kind of kitschy are really fun and interesting to her. And so it's just fun. So we were remembering that. And then there was one time when we all went to eat there and we all sit down to eat and they have the two sauces that you can get on your food. The yum yum sauce and the ginger sauce. And the ginger sauce is disgusting. Nobody nobody should eat that. It's not even food grade. It's disgusting. I don't ever see anybody eat it but my mom loves it. So we were all there one time and the guy, the chef is asking, you know, yum yum sauce. Everyone's like, yeah, two, two of those. And then ginger sauce. No, no, no. My mom's like, you're not going to have ginger sauce. It's so good for digestion. I'll have some. And so she has some and we're like, whatever, eat that. It's fine. We teased her. Well, after we got done eating my poor mom, it's not funny but it's funny. She's like, I don't feel so good. Will you, will you come with me out of here? I'm like, sure. And I felt, I was so scared. I was like, what's going on? So I walked her outside. She's like, I just need some air. I don't know what's going on. And I was really concerned. So there was this big boulder out in the front of the restaurant. And I was like, you know, sit down here, whatever. So she sat down. Well, something wasn't right in her stomach and she got sick out front. And it was, it was so sad. She was so embarrassed. She was so sick and she's throwing up outside and people were watching. And I, I was mortified for her. And then she felt better. So something didn't sit with her. But of course, us being the family we are, we're like, oh yeah, good thing you ate that ginger sauce, mom. And then none of us got sick. So we're merciless, right? We're just so mean and how we teased. But I was there with her and I, I felt really bad in the moment. But my stepson at the time, Derek, was like 12. And when you're 12 and a grown-up gets sick and he watches his stepmom kick rocks over and cover that up in the front of the restaurant, it's funny to a 12-year-old. And from that moment on, every time we go to Benihana, Derek would just look at me when we walked past the front of the of the building and smirk and really yep I remember (laughs) so now it's a funny joke in our family like I wonder if it's still in there um my poor mom the fact that she puts up with us it's so rude we are rude but it's funny now so we had fun talking about that which she did not have humor about but we laughed anyway and it was really fun went back to my sister's house for some more fun with the family and I fell asleep (laughs) but we did have peach pie a little bit of peach pie before we went to sleep. So just a lot of fun eating. And so I was just kind of like watching my physique get back to normal, less shreddy shreds, bummer, bummer. Clothes were still fitting fine. Um, but I was starting to just be like, oh, man, I'm just fat. I'm getting fat. And I started that mental war of that voice of you're fat. 
everyone's gonna laugh at you no one's ever gonna believe you were in a bodybuilding show because now you look fat i mean it just it's lies it's such a dysmorphia the stuff that happens in the brain for me after a show it's like i knew it was coming i didn't put a lot of stay, uh, stock into it and um and i was able to just essentially continue having a great time and not let it ruin my time but it was loud and it was really interesting to just listen to and the biggest lesson is i don't have to do anything about it i wasn't going to hyper exercise i wasn't going to restrict certainly wasn't going to try not to binge and i certainly didn't want to restrict so i tried to just roll with it and i stuck with my rule of i'm not eating unless i'm hungry at least once a day i'm going to let my body get really hungry and that rule really helped gave me a lot of time between meals to say am i actually hungry no when i'm hungry i may eat and so that rule really helped me just keep things in perspective so when i was hungry it's like well i might think that i look fat but my body needs food and i'm going to feed it and i'm going to feed it good things as much as i possibly can so we had another day of sightseeing my sister took us around minneapolis she's an uber driver part-time and so she knows all the cool places that i even forgot i haven't lived there and i was never really a tourist in minneapolis and she's um so she took us to the prince mural and the um, bob dylan mural because they're both from minnesota um the stadiums the stone arch bridge we got off walked the stone arch bridge there's a beautiful art outdoor art sculpture um park and they have this huge spoon with a cherry on top and the cherry is a water fountain and it's iconic of Minneapolis. So we went there, got some great pictures. It was a beautiful day. I had so much fun with my sister. She was amazing. Um, just, it was like, I'm telling you, I'm repeating myself, but it was blissful, blissful to be with my family and to have so much fun. So um, also one of the days I got to take Roy to the Mall of America. That's always a fun thing. We're, you know, callous to it as Minnesotans, but it's really cool. It's four floors, three of which are all retail. It's almost a mile walk around each floor. So you cover each floor. It doesn't take super long time, but really, really fun. And in the center is a giant amusement park. So it's fun to just, that's just a big wow factor. And it's fun to show it to people. And I haven't been there in a long time. So it was so fun to just this is like this is my home it's like one of the one of the few cool things in minneapolis that's a claim to fame but it's pretty cool so from minneapolis i was super tired and i wish we were just coming back to miami but we planned a trip to chicago on the way home because i love chicago it's my favorite city other than well it's my favorite city um and roy had never been there so flew into chicago on friday night and um spent two days walking and running in my favorite city it was cold it was less than 70 degrees and it was cloudy so that was a little bit of a bummer but um went for a run along the lake went to navy pier um went for a run along the river so did a couple of really nice fun jogs just to you know again get the blood flowing it's so beautiful to jog there um one thing you have to do if you go to Chicago is take an architecture boat ride. They bring you down both forks of the Chicago River. You can even take ones that go out into the lake. But they tell you all about the architecture and the history of Chicago, and it was so fun. Um, we had gone out to Barrio. Barrio was on my list in St. Paul of places I wanted to go because I'm like, I haven't had a cocktail in so long, and I want a Trinity Margarita from Barrio, and I want the Queso Fundido. And I had this list where I wasn't gonna eat things I didn't care about, I was gonna get my favorite things. So we went there, the food was amazing, the queso fundido was good, 
and the Trinity margaritas were good, but they didn't hit my blood. I didn't get a buzz. And I, I mean, there's no point in having a cocktail unless you're going to get a buzz. And so it was kind of like bummer. So in Chicago, we've been walking around. We were kind of done doing things. I was like, I think I want to have a margarita and sit by the water. So we got margaritas and sat by the river and had a nice uh, just time sitting there chatting. And I had two margaritas and I got a nice buzz and it was so much fun. That is something every time I drink, I'm always like, I need to do this more. Remind me that I need to do this more. And then I never do it more because I, I hate the consequence of being hungover and it bloats me. But I had two, two mar- margaritas. They were amazing and it was worth it. And I'm like, all right, check that off the box. Check that off the list. Also on our run, we went from donut shop to donut shop, which was also on my list. Um, that's a great way to manage donuts when you're me, because if you're on a run, you're burning them off and you can't get super full or you won't be able to run anymore. So the donut vault is the place their donuts are not amazing. They're okay, but they're usually sold out. So it's a coup to get, get one. So we went there we got um, some donuts to share and taste, and we didn't finish them. Like my whole thing is, I want to taste lots of donuts. I don't ever want to eat a whole donut. So we tasted. We had a wedding cake one and an old fashioned buttermilk one. I always like to get the old fashioned everywhere I go and compare them because that's ultimately one of my favorite donuts. So from there, we ran to Fire Cakes Donuts, which is my favorite Chicago donut shop. They had an orange dreamsicle long john. So it was a long john that was filled with this orange cream. Holy buckets. Best donut I think I've had. I don't even know. It's not the best donut alive, but it's the best donut, probably second only to the one here at the Salty Donut. Um, And then we ran to Stan's Donuts, which I love their branding and I do love their donuts. Um, Their donuts aren't as good as fire cakes, but they're really good. And it's like pink logo with this little donut guy and it's so fun. So got four donuts to try there, um, but didn't have very much at all. We were just done. And honestly, I'm done with donuts. I am not craving donuts. I don't care about donuts. That got my donut fix for months. I saved up all my donut parties for that day and it's over. So I don't, you could present me with all kinds of donuts right now and I would not be interested. So, but it was a fun way to do donuts. Um, my rule is I have donuts once a month. I never bring them home with me and the, the end so that it's once a month and I don't eat the random gas station donut or the random donut because it's there. I plan my donut party. I get exactly what I want. I taste it and I move on. And that's been very successful donut rule for me. So Chicago was really fun and um, ended up getting home super duper duper late um, on Sunday night, delay, delay flights, but home uneventfully, home to little Gus, and just so nice to be home. So this has been a lot of food talk about the trip. Um, And so just to kind of talk about the overarching response to this whole thing, the whole bikini show diet pendulum. Um, Coming home to Miami, I got a lot of that stuff out of my system, but and now it's time to like really get back to business. My plan had been, all right, Monday, I'm just going to go back to my normal macros and do a nice reverse diet. So I'm going to set my, my calories higher, set my macros higher, and I'm just going to follow it. And it'll be easy because the 10 days leading up to show was so restrictive. This is going to feel like vacation, um, which was a really great idea, except um, to date, as of today, which is a week after getting home, almost a week, I have not managed to do that one time. <laughs> it's not funny. Um, it's just, it's so hard because there's this inner rebellion. That's what happens when you hyper restrict. 
there's, it's just a pendulum. It's, it's honestly so counterproductive to be that strict and that restrictive for a long period of time, because once you open the floodgates, it's so hard to be measured because number one, the lizard brain has, you know, gotten out and is like, you have caged me for too long. You are not putting me back until I get all this stuff. And it's so hard to fight it because you're like, yeah, I don't have fear anymore of not being ready. I don't have a stage I have to stand on. It doesn't matter now if I gain 10 pounds because there's no reason not to. I do need to gain some weight back. Um, So there's just, there's so much logic that says it's fine. And ultimately it is like, there's, there's nothing horrible that's going to happen to my body, but it's the mental thing. It's the idea of, I need to make a plan and I need to stick with it. I need to be, uh, have credibility with myself. And that's where I, I really have a hard time because I want to get back to eating well and healthy and clean and feeling good in my skin and not rebounding and gain a ton of weight. I want that. Kristen wants that. But like I said, that lizard brain is so loud once it gets out of the cage that it's it becomes so much harder to stay in control. And um, I did would do a really good job most of the day and then it was like, screw it. I'm going to have, you know, a lot of it was clean food. I'm going to have two bowls of oatmeal before I go to bed because I can. It's like, there's nothing wrong with oatmeal. Um, but I'd already used up all of my, you know, my macros and my calories. But it was like this rebellion that was happening. So I've kept it under wraps for the most part. But um, to be just very honest, I, I haven't been to the vending machine to binge on vending machine garbage. There's a vending machine here in my parking ramp um, in forever. And I went there and you just got stupid garbage, right? Like nothing, there's no food in there. I tell myself every time I pass it, there is nothing in there that is food. And it's true. But it was like, ha, I'm going to have that. I deserve it. I've worked so hard. I deserve to have some fun. It's time. You can't be strict forever. It's not healthy to be strict. So the lizard brain is using all kinds of this stuff. It's not healthy to be strict. It's not healthy to say no to that. It's not healthy to live your life the way you have. And I was like, yep brilliant lizard brain. (laughs) And so I fell down that rabbit hole, uh, just once. Um, I'm, I'm very resolute that that's not happening again. Um, and then just things like that are quote unquote healthy that I couldn't stop eating. Well, I could, that I chose not to stop eating once I started. So just things like protein bars, which I, I often restrict because I end up treating them like candy and one is never enough. Um, certain brands. So I was eating protein bars and then just too much food, like just eating till I was over full. And so what I've been working on every day, I've gotten a little bit better. What I've been working on, which is what I planned on doing when I got home anyway, was to stop thinking about getting the leanest, lowest calorie version of protein and foods in my body and think about what am I hungry for? And how can I mindfully feed my body really good, healthy food that tastes good, that's going to nourish me? And to, to use my, my fuel food wisely, but also I don't need to restrict and, and try to get every single bite out of my calories. And so the other morning I sat down, I, what I love for breakfast, um, if I'm really honest, I love a breakfast sandwich with sausage. So I made an English muffin with sausage patty and an egg and a little cheese. And I sat down at like open face and I sat down, just 
in front of it with a knife and fork and cut it and ate it slowly and it was so good and i'm like all right i want to continue to eat this way there's nothing wrong with this food there's nothing bad about this food this is all real amazing food i have to get back to feeding myself real food that i love and taking the time to enjoy it and i was so satisfied by that and then for lunch i realized you know what i like the foods that i was eating for lunch i like having a big ass salad This time I'm going to put more protein on it. I'm going to have more salad dressing on it. I'm going to sit and enjoy it. I'm going to add vegetables I normally haven't been eating. I'm going to eat the fish I love. Just because I was on prep doesn't mean that I don't still love orange ruffy. Today I had orange ruffy for lunch. I still love that. So to get back to what I love to eat and eating it for the sake of enjoyment and love and, and then saying I'm done, putting the fork down, getting back to intuitively listening to my hunger and then feeding myself. Again, I'm not going balls to the walls. I'm not having everything that I want in mass quantities. But to say, this is food and I'm allowed to eat to just take care of my body now. It's not about shredding down to be you know, 5% body fat to hit a stage. It's about having energy, having respect for my body and not just going into binge eating mode and it's been tough and I haven't done it perfectly and as a result I was in the gym today and my legs are flappy I've got a muffin top my body is holding some water I I'm not weighing myself because why (laughs) Um, I don't need to add any more mental noise but I spent the whole time in the gym celebrating like oh my gosh it feels so good to lift weights again i'm so proud of my body i'm so happy to be home i'm so grateful that my body functions i'm so excited that i've done the work i get to now lift for the sake of lifting because i love this and i just really try to connect my emotions with my experience and not look in the mirror and say oh you used to look so good on stage and oh my gosh, you've lost all your shreds. Doesn't matter at all, at all. It doesn't matter at all. I am a beautiful, amazing human being with a body that I live in. And so to just, I've had to be that intentional. It's, it's gonna continue to require that kind of intention and I will not quit. Um, every day I've been writing down my food rules and the ones that I'm not actually hitting, I'm sitting down and saying, do I really mean it? Do I really wanna have this rule? What is the purpose of this rule? What am I saving myself from? What am I protecting myself from? And ultimately, if, it doesn't, if it's not a rule that is keeping me safe from bad behaviors, I'm asking myself, do I need to have that rule? So it's, it's just a continual assessment. And, and my whole point is, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey with weight loss or fitness or what goals you're chasing. We have to continually come back to ourselves. What is going on inside? What is our goal? How do we feel about ourselves? How do we feel about ourselves and our body? It's so easy to attach my self-esteem and my self-worth to what my body looks like according to a stage or according to a shred or a bulk because I put, I put so much time and effort into it and I love it. But as soon as I start to feel less than I'm not good enough because of the way I look, that's when I have to check myself. 
And that is a relationship I have to pay really close attention to all the time, but especially now, because there is no character quality that I have gained because I did a bodybuilding show. There is no character development and award for for having a muscle. Like it doesn't make me a better person. It, it doesn't make me a good person. In fact, like I said on my other podcast, my behavior during prep showed my ugliness. The, the darkness and nastiness that exists in me when I'm pushed to my limit. So if nothing else, this process has shown me I am not where I need to be in my character. I have a lot of work to do to be the best me that I can be. And my body, tr- pushing my body and doing all of this stuff has just highlighted the fact that I am indeed way more human than I even realized. I have so much work to do and I'm willing to do it. And I'm grateful for the spotlight to show me where I have ugliness. And now my goal, I got to fix it. I got to be better. I got to grow. I got to change. I got to evolve. And my body is a, is the tool that helps me see and understand a lot of that. So it's, you know, a continual learning process. Uh, what's next? I don't know. I was so excited to be done with this show and then do something else and have a different goal. Haven't figured out what that is yet. I'm really, really not sure if I want to do more bodybuilding shows. I have to kind of make a decision if I'm going to say no, never, or kind of loosely train for it. Because if I'm going to do another show, I got to decide wellness or bikini, which means either build muscle or work on getting leaner. Um, No matter what I do for both divisions, I have to build more glutes. So glute work is going to stay in my life three times a week. You. or to say, I'm not going to do either one. Maybe I just want to, I don't know what else. I don't know what else there is to do. I know I have to have a goal to chase or I'm bored. So whether it's just completing a four-week program, um, one after the other to focus on different weaknesses for a while, I don't really know. But today I lifted and I did cardio and I ate well and I feel good. And um just going to kind of keep my heart open to what, what I might want to do next. So... There you have it. There's a little breakdown rundown of what it's been like since my show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring about my little insignificant life. I mean, my life feels very insignificant in the grand scheme. And so it's weird to me that so many of you have so many questions and are so supportive. But thank you. And if you have any questions for me, I'd love to hear them. And um, I will always be honest about my falling downs. My, you know, this past week has seen me binge, has seen me cry about my body, has seen me be proud of my body, fall down on my face, do really, really well, make good decisions, followed by making terrible decisions. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm a work in progress just like everybody else. But you know what sets us winners apart from uh, all the losers? I say us winners because I'm counting all of you, is that we don't quit. We have a bad day and we get back on the horse and say, all right, I got to modify something here because that wasn't good. What is it? And then we get back on the horse. That is what makes you a winner. That is what gets you progress, period. So all the times I've fallen down this week has not convinced me to do anything except try again. Find the balance. Find the harmony. I will find it. I will always look for it. And um, I will never quit. So never quit. Be honest with yourself. And um, yeah, I guess that's, there we go. Never quit and be honest with yourself. Those are my two words of advice for myself and for all of you. So thanks for listening. This was super long. If you're still here, you deserve a medal. Talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. 
I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.